You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. Middle school basketball coaching legend and Duke basketball shooting coach in his mind, Austin Orman. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Strick and Austin. Last hour of the year here during On the Block. I'm Austin Norman, joined by Jake Bakov. And don't forget, we'll be with you this hour and then for another hour or so after Nebraska men's basketball tonight. That's right, we'll be on postgame after Nebraska and South Carolina State. We'll talk some Husker hoops coming up uh, here in about 20 minutes or so on the show. Um, but let's dive into some college football. We got some bowl game action on here um, at the, the mill. It's on around the station. We're watching Memphis and Iowa State right now. I think this is, yeah, the Liberty Bulls. what's on. We just saw Clemson complete the comeback against Kentucky. Dabo atones for 2008 um, against Nebraska. <laughs> but uh, let's dive into these New Year's Six here games, uh, New Year's Six games here, Bach. I think there's a lot of good matchups. We'll start with the one tonight. Seven o'clock kickoff between Ohio State and Missouri. This feels to me a little bit uh, Utah, Alabama ish mm. in the early uh, 2010s. I think Trevor Knight made that that game for Utah against Alabama. Ohio State, we know what they are. We know the talent level on that team, but like 13, 14 players have already defected into the transfer portal, including year-long starter Kyle McCord, including you know Julian Fleming at one at one time a Nebraska target, who still hasn't announced his decision. By the way, I would say he's still on Nebraska's radar. I just wouldn't feel overly confident about about landing him necessarily. Um, plenty of guys on the defensive side of the ball for sure, and then Missouri. Kind of came out of nowhere. I don't think Elijah Drinkwitz was on the hottest of hot seats, but you could sense a little unrest coming out of Como. And what do they do? They respond with a 10-2 and two regular season. So definitely a tip of the cap to Missouri, Ohio State, 11-1, and one, the only loss coming to Michigan at the end of the year. As has become custom for Ohio State against Michigan in these last few years, this is a bowl game that I think falls squarely in the 
who wants to be there more category. Strick and I talked about a few of those a couple days ago. Missouri, this is a big deal for them. You know, they went through the grind of an SEC schedule. They discovered Cody Schrader. Um, Eli Drinkwitz, again, not really coaching for his job, but needed to have a good year like this to regain some stability. And despite going 11-1, and I feel like we have way more questions than answers about Ohio State. They didn't accomplish their main goal. You see all these people leaving. The line is still Ohio State by darn near a touchdown. I think that's kind of ridiculous. Maybe Ohio State's that much more talented even with all the defections, but given... The questions, given the what I sense is a, a general lack of motivation for the team in general. Obviously, Devin Brown will want to play well in his uh, start. Uh, again, presuming he gets the start for Ohio State, he'll want to play well. And, you know, Miller Mosher did for USC against Louisville, a team that I didn't think wanted to play in the Holiday Bowl. I just have a hard time thinking Missouri doesn't win this game because I think this would be like the crowning achievement for their season. Yeah, I mean, and it does feel that way. Like if, if Ohio State wins, you just kind of say, well, yeah, they're Ohio State. They're supposed to win. Um, Missouri, this this would this would be a huge, and it already has been a huge season, but it's kind of like, you know, it's their fight really to stay mm-hmm. in the top 10. Right. And, uh, you know, it, maybe that doesn't mean the most. Either way, it was a, six, a successful season. Um, but top 10 finishes are huge, obviously, moving forward. And, and Missouri's got... Uh, momentum and recruiting Williams Nawarney among the the big group that, that that's going in there. Um, they're a team to watch, and they finally kind of got their footing in the SEC. They they've been mm-hmm. to an SEC championship game. Obviously, didn't make it this year with Georgia in the mix, but um, they they feel like they've got, finally kind of got their footing there. So, I mean, this is huge. The Cody Schrader, you mentioned it once a walk on now and the best uh, running back in the SEC. Um, they're not skipping out, you know. You know, Ohio no. <laughs> State's got a few guys skipping out of this game. Missouri, this this matters more to them. Uh, I still think Ohio State wins this game in my mind. Wouldn't shock me, like you said, because I don't I don't know how much they want to be in that game. Um, but Ryan Day just doesn't lose unless it's to Michigan. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I kind go ahead and, and pick Ohio State there. But it is one of the more intriguing matchups. Uh, you know, obviously, outside the college football playoff, probably mm-hmm. the most intriguing matchups, considering I know we'll talk about the Orange Bowl, but there's just so many people sitting out of that one. There is. Yesterday, Strick and I were talking about Northwestern, and then Kansas State and Kansas came up. Why can't Nebraska do that? You know, I think the Northwestern turnaround is something you never hope Nebraska has to do, given how far Northwestern sank. I mean, big credit to them for, you know, making a seven-win regular season out of it and then getting the bowl win as well to get to eight. But I think it's going to be slightly simpler for Kansas State and Kansas to stay in that 8-9 to nine win range, given you know, who's leaving the Big 12. It's going to be tough, right? I think it's going to turn into pretty much what the Big 12 basketball conference has. I mean, grind, rock fights, night in, night out. Some good offenses, some good defenses, a lot of different styles that all results in some pretty darn good football up and down the roster. But you look at the losses of Oklahoma and Texas, those are still the top-end teams, um, the teams that won double-digit games in that conference this year. So I think Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State got to double-digit wins with the win over Texas A&M as well. I feel like there's a bit more of a power vacuum in the Big 12 for, for those teams than there is for Nebraska in the Big 10, which is why I almost wonder if the question isn't, why can't Nebraska do what Kansas and Kansas State are doing? And why can't Nebraska do what Missouri's doing? You know, six-win floor, get six, seven, eight most years, nine here and there, and then when things break your way, you steal a game you shouldn't, you have a more favorable schedule, that's where you get 10 or 11, you're in playoff contention. Like, kind of kind of more Missouri and Kentucky than Kansas and Kansas State is kind of how mm. I see Nebraska in the new Big Ten. 
Yeah, I mean, I could I could see that, especially with, like you're saying, just those opponents. And that's what, I mean, the new Big 12 is going to be fascinating because I, I was doing this exercise by looking at Colorado's schedule next year and saying, okay, well, who are they going to beat? Who are they going to lose to? And, if, you know, as you go through the Big 12, you know, there's teams Cincinnati, West Virginia have down years uh, here and there. So there, there are some games that go, okay, they probably should win that one. But most of them are like, eh, that's a tough game. That's a pretty tough game. But there's no Michigan, Ohio State, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. Texas. You know, that kind of big brand name that year in and year out, you say, okay, well, we're not that program, but maybe you can jump up and get them. But probably going to go into the season saying that's an L and then try to, you know. So the Big mm-hmm. 12 is going to be fascinating to see which team, um, you know, steps up from year to year and how sustainable is that. And, of course, all of it with the landscape of how sustainable is any of this as we move forward and see what happens with the ACC. And, I mean, this it, it's still college football is quite a mess. And so I know we're not talking about this now, but kind of, as you say, like year in review, one thing that I made sure to do, and, and it was it was already very different in, in years past, but this is kind of the last college football regular season that has as much weight to it, mm-hmm. in my opinion, with a smaller playoff. Uh, once you expand to a larger one, those... Upsets won't mm-hmm. mean the same. Michigan, Ohio State wouldn't have meant the same. You know, those sort of things. So I I, I very much, uh, you know, kind of cherished this college football regular season. And, you know, part of it, we all kind of adjust to change and see how this kind of semi-pro college football thing is going to shake out. But, I mean, next year is going to be so weird with Cal and Stanford and the ACC. SMU just lost a conference game in its bowl <laughs> to Boston right. College. And, the big, and there's, just tw- there's just a whole conference in the Big 12 that doesn't have any powers. Like mm-hmm. it could be fun if we ran this experiment out. I just don't know how much longer it goes. And then the other thing is, and I'm starting to get on a tangent here, but you Good. know, I wonder how long we're going to call it the Big Ten and the SEC. At one point, that mattered to me. I thought, well, yeah, these 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 brand conferences, they're never going to give up. And so, even though it might not make sense when these master conferences or these big conferences uh, relate mm-hmm. to the old Big Twelve or something like that, or the old Big Ten. Um, I mean, I, I, again, it's just so hard to envision what college football looks like. You want to say 10 years from now, but five years from now, three years from now, I don't know because I don't think that it's sustainable the way it is right now. That's fair to say. I don't know if I've ever unleashed this take on the radio, and I don't know if there's a better time to do it than now with you while we're kind of on the topic here. It, it kind of ties into this this whole concept of, you know, can Nebraska be the next Missouri mm-hmm. sort of thing? Is that the model? But also Texas and one of the college football playoff semifinals. I know there are a lot of people out there who say Nebraska always should have stayed in the Big 12. I don't know if I fully agree with that. I mean, the Big 10 money was there. You kind of like the plan that Jim Delaney laid out. I mean, that was a strong commissioner in charge, you know, had his house in order. Oh, yeah. I can see the appeal of the Big 10 for Nebraska especially given how things were trending, the, the Texification of the Big 12 Conference, everything was moving south, south, south. Texas started having more say. But Buck, I, I almost wonder if, again, I don't think Nebraska necessarily made the wrong decision, even if the results haven't been the greatest. But I wonder if maybe a little patience would have gone a long way for Nebraska administrators, where had they stayed in the Big 12, could they have waited Texas out? Right, Texas has been kind of a college football vagabond, yeah. jumping conferences. Right, I me mean, from the Southwest into the Big Twelve, now into the SEC. Right, Nebraska's yes, you know, changed from the Big Twelve to the Big Ten, but Nebraska was a founding, you know, Big Six member, then a Big Eight member into the the Big Twelve. And Nebraska was more stable there than Texas. I, I wonder if anyone, even at the the peak of Texas hate, Texas arrogance, I wonder if anyone in those decision making rooms 
asked the question, can we just wait Texas out? When will they get wandering eyes, right? You don't wait too long and miss out on a Big Ten offer because of, again, how strong that conference looked and the opportunity to, to make a splash and a name for yourself. But I would be fascinated to know if anyone considered Texas's history wondering if they might make a jump later on and say, we'll ride it out for now. It's going to be a storm we'll have to weather, but we might be better served by standing pat in the longest of long runs. Yeah, but I mean, I think that was part of the idea when Nebraska did make the changes that Texas was looking around at the Pac-12 at the time, if you can believe it. Um, right. And so, you know, I, I mean, it's it, it's it's very interesting to look at now because it is easy to say, well, look at the money, look at the stability. And that's nice and all, but I'm, I'm, I'll tell you this, I haven't had, you know, and I, I, I from, from my experience, I've enjoyed because I kind of embraced it. You don't get it. It's not up to you. So just kind of embrace the changes. And so I've, I've enjoyed going through the Big Ten. But as far as like winning versus money, like congratulations, we've lined a lot of people's pockets with money. <laughs> I haven't had fu- as fun as a Nebraska fan watching the games because Nebraska's been bad since they joined the right. Big Ten <laughs> uh, outside of a few Polini years, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if you look back on it, like, it's easy to say, well, yeah, they've, they've made the right decision and look at the stability they have. The question, I, I don't know if we can fully answer that question, though, until we get to a point, and this is what I was kind of hinting at moving forward, is we have all these additions to the power conferences. Mm-hmm. At some point, there might be some <laughs> relegation or, you know, decide, hey, well, mm-hmm. if we can pick up, an, you know, North Carolina or, in, in, or, or whatever, they, they, they value coming out of the, the ACC, you know, at some point it might be, well, who's not holding up their end of the bargain in our conference or, or who, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't think Nebraska is necessarily has to worry about being one of the have nots just because of the care factor, the money, like everything that kind of plays in. But the more they lose from year to year, the easier it is to kind of start moving them down that list and, and mm-hmm. closer to a point where that might happen at some point. And again, I just, I don't know what college football looks like five years from now, because I don't think the ACC is sustained. Like Florida State is looking to get out. Half the conference mm-hmm. is looking to get out. You already have SM- SMU and Cal. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Stanford in there, if they if they all of a sudden become the second-tier league, just like you know the Big 12, how long is it before the SEC or the Big 10 you know, devours that conference or mm-hmm. run, you know, decides 
screw it with letting all these teams into the playoff. Clearly, the best teams are in the Big Ten, the SEC. Let's have our own division of football. Or mm-hmm. the SEC just doing that themselves. And this is clearly, right. we've won how many championships out of the last several years? And I think that that could have played into why Alabama got in this year. I think that's definitely fair to say, which I would ask Husker fans this question. You know, would you rather Nebraska be toward the bottom in terms of results of the highest subdivision of football? Or would you rather Nebraska be a winning program in kind of that second tier, right? If, if you get to that probably, what, 65, 68 team split, would you rather, and probably two divisions from there, would you rather Nebraska be at the bottom of the top 34, 36, or at the top of the bottom, you know, 36 teams, yeah. right? And, you know, maybe with relegation, it moves back and forth. And I know everyone wants Nebraska to be at the top of the top, you know, group, but Nebraska's not there right now, right? So what's the best step back there? I guess that's really the the question I'm asking is, it be, would it be better to take your lumps and, you know, learn what it takes to win at that level, at the upper level, or would you rather, you know, learn how to win again against lesser competition, do that year after year, get that institutional confidence back and and go from there? He's Jake Bakov and I'm Austin Norman. We Got wildly off track as we're going over the the New Year's Six game. I think we a got through bit. one game and we did. I don't know what we talked about. It just went off from there. And that's called Sports Radio, folks. Thanks for tuning in here. Last on the block of the year. Back into the New Year's Six here. Let's talk about tomorrow's games here for a sec, Bach. Uh, starting with the Peach Bowl, Penn State and Ole Miss. I really like this matchup. Kind of the the teams that have never had their their moment in the sun because there are teams better than them in their conferences. You have Penn State who loses to Ohio State and Michigan every year. And you have Ole Miss, who comes up short against Alabama and you know one or two other times each year. I really like this matchup. I think it's a the fun you know Ole Miss offense, lots of playmakers spread out, Lane Kiffin style, versus a, a run-heavy Penn State team. Styles absolutely do make fights, so I'm a big fan of this game. I don't think we learn anything about either one of these programs moving forward necessarily, but this to me feels like one of those 12 team playoff games next year. Yeah. And, and it is a game too that, you know, and I don't know what the, the sit out totals are in this one, but it feels like a game that does kind of matter to the, these schools as far as like, how do you cap off the season? Cause you're mm-hmm. right. Both of them and great seasons and especially for Ole Miss, they don't historically have these type of numbers. So the, yeah. the, it's a great season for them regardless but they're just kind of in that they're not in the top tier of the, the of the SEC. If you could prove that you're you know should be or would be mm-hmm. kind of in that tier in the Big Ten, uh, that would be huge for them. And for for James Franklin and company, it you know it's just that same story year in and year out. I don't even know how much <laughs> this kind of helps because it, the story's already there. Is that you lost mm-hmm. to Ohio State and Michigan um, again? Could could prove and and this is definitely a battle like I was saying earlier with Missouri where the winner's going to finish in the top 10 and the loser likely will not um just outside of it um so you know th- you have some narratives there but I I'm fascinated I think Penn State probably is is a little bit more used to being in this in this situation again I think I don't know what the exact numbers are I think that this is the, the first 10 win season for Old Miss and at least quite some time and they only have a handful of them in their history so Lane Kiffin's done a great job there but um, I'd probably lean toward Penn State uh, with this victory, and, and maybe it can catapult them into something next year. It's just it's hard to believe. And, and the, but the other thing that, that Franklin's kind of had to battle while at Penn State is they do well enough that his coaching staff gets picked apart every year, and he's got to find some new guys. Um, right. But not quite well enough, obviously, to, to get to get to the top tier of the Big Ten outside of in 2016 when Trace McSorley and those guys did it. But um, it's... Uh, it, it it should be a fascinating bowl game. It's it's one of the few. I think I, I think there's 
um, or a handful of them that, you know, you have those top 10, top 15 teams colliding. Um, and like you said, can be kind of a preview to what we'll see next year. Uh, then you have the Orange Bowl, Florida State versus Georgia, the first two teams out of the college football playoff. We do know the participation numbers for this one, like 16 guys for Florida State. I'm sure plenty for Georgia as well. This is a game, Bach, I think is a an inflection point for college football, right? You have the storyline of your number one basically all year being left out and then an undefeated team being left out. The the Tate Rodemaker decision to transfer just last week or, yeah, it was late last week. He decides to transfer uh, on the flip side. Carson Beck comes back for Georgia. Not the game I think that we could have had were it a college football playoff game, uh, which is a little bit of a bummer. I, I think I, I take Georgia by a couple possessions in this one. I just wish we could have seen both of these teams play at full strength. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I you know, even without Jordan Travis, if, like you said, if, if they're, they're back of quarterback would have stayed in the fold, uh, would have felt like that you're giving them a chance. But I, again, mm-hmm. this was, it's so intriguing because this was part of the plan all along, right? From uh, the, the, the college football playoff is basically, well, here, here's what we'll do. We'll put them against the team, the best team that we have, and hopefully they lose. And then that proves right. us right. And I, I think that I think that I'm with you. I think that will happen. I don't know if it proves anything though. No, I really don't think it does. I don't. Again, talk about motivation. What do these two teams have to play for? Georgia was gone in three for a three peat. They don't get it. Florida State had the college football playoff in its fingertips and fumbled it. So again, I don't want to say these teams won't care and don't deserve to be there, but I think we'll see. Games that have you know more implications and more meaning. Well, and yeah, and, and, and just as bowls stand compared to where they used to be, this would have been you know ten fifteen years ago must watch television. Mm-hmm. And I think now it's well, let's see if it stays close. Then I might tune in. Exactly. Okay. Let's in these last few minutes here of the segment get to the college football playoff. We will start with the one four matchup: Michigan and Alabama. Michigan moves up from the two to the one following the Alabama win over Georgia. Michigan hadn't been the one seed yet, Bach. They finally get there. Um, they're the the favorite right now to win the title. Um, but they got to get by Alabama first, who uh, I think a lot of people wrote off after they struggled early in the year, lost to Texas, kept some other games close. Definitely not a vintage Alabama team by any stretch of the imagination, but they have the Nick Saban factor. The, you don't want to play them. They figured some stuff out. They've had plenty of time to prep. My gut tells me to take Alabama in this matchup, but I think I'm going to go with Michigan. I think there's just going to be just enough for, for Michigan to get this done. I know JJ McCarthy hasn't been, you know, lighting the world on fire since Connor Stallions got fired. Essentially. Um, I I just feel like Michigan at least makes it back to the national championship game. I, I I can't tell you what hard stats I'm relying on, on this one. It feels really dumb to bet against Nick Saban, but I don't know if there'd be a more Michigan villain thing to do this year than not care their way to a national title. Yeah, I mean, and, and too, I mean, I think sometimes we look too much into it. Jim Harbaugh has had, I don't think, what's his record in bowl games or something at Michigan? I, I don't think he's won uh, one or, or, or has had trouble doing so. Um, I wouldn't care too much about the bowl games more so than the college football playoffs in the last couple of years where they have not won a game once they've got there, obviously. But I don't, you know, that's a, that's a small sample size, so I wouldn't worry Harbaugh's about that too much. one bowl win was the Citrus Bowl his first year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, since then hasn't won a bowl game, so that, you know, all that kind of uh, stacks against Michigan a little bit in this, in this. but 
Um, you know, and, and I and I do. I, I I pick Alabama because I think that it, it's hard to choose against Nick Saban. Honestly, in a fourteen playoff, it's hard to choose against the SEC. They've been winning these things right. routinely. Um, so, and, and I think that they're obviously. I don't know if they're the best team in the country, but they're definitely one of the hottest teams in the country right now with the way Jalen Miller has kind of come on. Um, so, I I will I will give the advantage to to Alabama in this thing, but I don't use Harbaugh's pass as much against him as some would. Um, but I do think Michigan, and you could say, well, this is the best of the Michigan group or, you know, of the last three years, and maybe they have, you know, they're the number one seed, so that kind of makes a little bit of sense. Um, but I do think still with Michigan, they're, I, I, w- I just kind of want to see them tested a little bit more, mm-hmm. and that's that shouldn't work against them, right? They just dominate everybody so much that I, I, that I don't want, you know, I don't see them battle test as much. They seem to have Ohio State's number, um, but... We'll see. I mean, I, I, I think that they are definitely one of the best programs in the nation. They've proven that by making the playoff mm-hmm. each of the last three years. There's a big step up from one of the best to the best. And I don't mm-hmm. know if they've made that jump yet. I asked Bill Connolly on Twitter that question, like how strong is this year's field compared to recent years? Michigan is basically on par with what Georgia's done, adjusted on a per-year basis. Um, so they're a pretty normal one seed for the last few years. Bama's far and away the best four seed we've seen mm. in terms of this rating system in the last couple of years. That game will be a four, yeah, four o'clock central kickoff, uh, the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl out in Pasadena, and then the Sugar Bowl, Washington and Texas, uh, some comparatively week two and three seeds compared to years past. You have Pac-12 champion Washington, Big 12 champion Texas in this one. Texas is playing some really good football right now, right? They they win the Big 12 they, they look like, you know, Sam Ellinger declared against Georgia a few years ago. They're back and whatnot. I just have a hard time picking against Washington. I know there are a lot of numbers slanting Texas's way. Washington has the worst odds right now to win the national title. But how many times have people written Washington off, especially against Oregon, right? Oh, they won't get him a second time. Oh, they played a couple close games at the end of the year. I'm a believer in Kalen DeBoer. I'm a believer in Michael Penix. I love that wide receiving core. Is the defense elite? Probably not, but I think it's physical enough, and it's stepped up and made plays when it's needed to at the end of the games. If they can get enough of a running game going to keep Texas a little bit honest, I like Washington in this game, and I'm going to pick the Huskies. Yeah, I, I like that pick too, and I'm a big fan of Kalen DeBoer. By the way, Will Rogers transferring there, mm-hmm. so look out. Could be the next Michael Penix, or at least... Do we get a Will Rogers interview at halftime like we got with Mike Riley at the <laughs> halftime of the Holiday Bowl? <laughs> That would be awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I I don't know because but Kalen DeBoer I think doesn't get enough credit for what he's done there at Washington uh, in just two short seasons there, and, and certainly if they win this game, um, kind of get that extra um, extra bit of love from college football for another week going heading in the championship game, I think that will, will arrive. Um, but this is, I think you're right. I mean, both these teams can't, can be high scoring. I expect a high scoring affair, but neither of them have been dominant. Um, you mentioned Washington had a few close games down the stretch. Uh, Texas has, you know, had to, had to beat TCU, Houston, um, a couple teams like that, uh, mm-hmm. one possession game. So they're not over always overwhelming either. Um, so I, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm fascinated by this game. I think it's really hard to pick. I do lean in toward the undefeated team. I always kind of think there might be something sure. a little bit magical there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously Steve Sarkeesian playing against his old team. That could be right. a lot of fun as well. So a uh, lot of storylines to follow through here. I think Michael Penix, well, I wouldn't say this. Would you say, 
Would you be one that would say Michael Penix would have been your Heisman this year, or do you think Jaden Daniels? No, it was Jaden Daniels. Yeah. Like Daniels just had overwhelming numbers. In a normal year, it's probably Penix, but I think Daniels was an outlier. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Um, um, so, but either way, uh, I, I think Michael Penix. I feel a little bit more uh, faith in him than Quinn Ewers to in the final minutes. So you've got Bama, Washington. I do. I've got Washington, Michigan mm. in the finals. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, we will be back to talk about it on Tuesday, right? Those games taking place on Monday, New Year's Day. We'll take a break. When we get back, we'll dive into some Nebraska men's basketball. Kind of big picture stuff. Maybe a, a slight overview here of South Carolina State. But let's dive into some big picture Nebraska men's basketball headlines on the other side. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 